they assemble at night, each one having prepared as diligently as possible to the time given to them before the witching hour, the hour of reckoning, the time when they begin outdoor cartoon television. Stray casts is on the air. We're back. Get up off of that thing and try to feast your pleasure. Hey, that's right. It's Wednesday night. It's Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television, and we're back from a hiatus. Were we off last week? Yes. We were off last week, and we're back right now in the principle of the bass fishing moment. Right here, right now. And every Wednesday night, except last week because we were off, we bring you the finest bass fishermen in the galaxy. The best in the business. The best, the absolute best. You could expect that every Wednesday night right here on the Straycast Facebook page and Straycast.net. I'm your host, Pat Renwick, and again, I'm pretty damn excited to be here, Mm. if if you can't tell. I love this stuff. I absolutely love bass fishing. I do. It's what I do. I spent the last five days bass fishing nonstop. And talking about bass fishing. And talking about bass fishing nonstop. And now we're here to talk more about bass fishing. Uh, Tonight... Super, super big show. Again, um, a bass fishing legend, an icon of the sport, uh, joins us first. Uh, coming to us live from Oregon via the Skype machine. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Yellis coming on. Jay Yellis. Jay Yellis from Oregon. They got bass in Oregon, too, yeah. dude. He's going to tell us about it. Uh, coming on at uh, at seven forty, uh, he is the James Brown of bass fishing, the hardest working man in the sport. Also an Ike on. He he is an Ike on, yeah. and, and his name is Mike and Ike Anelli. Mike Ike Anelli coming on. Yes. It, hey J, hey JP, let me see those over there. Those, those. see, go ahead. <laughs> Holy cow! He knocked my head. You couldn't do that again if you tried. That was amazing live internet. Yeah! <laughs> wow. Sorry. Well, he, he whipped it at me. That was a good throw. It Go, was a bad catch. He whipped it at me. <laughs> he, he, so, I mean, whatever happened to a lob, that was outstanding, though. That's Obviously, a, that, you're not a bowler. That is a highlight clip right there. Uh, Mike Iconelli at 740 <laughs> <laughs> coming on right there. Uh, that was a perfect shot, dude. He hit the left can right I got, there. I got bit by a radioactive spider. I, I could, I could tell. I could tell. Hey, uh, so let's just start going opposite this time. Um, the guy with the great arm. He's the uh, the Brett Favre. Uh, he's the he's the Willie White the gunslinger. Shoes. He's the Willie White Shoes Johnson. Josie Wales. He put the bougie in the bougie. He's the hip hop fisherman, ladies and gentlemen. Jay. You're the ghost. He's the ghost. <laughs> Producing the snot out of this thing. Uh, he, he's a producer. Uh, he's a bass fisherman. He's a daddy. Uh, he's a spreckler. He's, he's, a, he's a super spreckler. He's the king of the tackle sprecker. The lord of the sprecker. 
He spreckers his ass off every time he gets a chance. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Ginger Ninja Andrew Ellenberger producing. That's my Gingy. That's my Gingy. His weight fell out of his tackle spreaker, and he still catches fish on it. Believe hollow. And he only paid 12 bucks for the thing. He's not like you <laughs> dum-dums paying $50 for it out there. Yeah, just wait a week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Be patient. Uh, this guy right here, um, he, he's my bud. He's a drummer. He, he, uh, he just bass fishes, and he bass fishes, and then he bass fishes, and he bass fishes some more. Sometimes I bass fish. Uh, he is the furious body snatcher. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ryan Popcorn Whitaker. Snatching bodies. Snatching bodies. Thank you. That's my popcorn. That's the popcorn. I don't know leg. about that nickname there. Popcorn Leghorn. Well, you snatched a body. <laughs> True story. You didn't snatch it. You did. You snatched it out of the river. You were a good, you were a good man, Charlie Brown. You did the right thing. You're yeah. commended for that. So now we'll pay off. Uh, twofold. What do they What do they call that? Uh, karma. Karma. Uh, paying it forward. Yes. Paying it forward. Hey, big show tonight. Don't go nowhere. Put the power poles down. When we get back, Jay Ellis joins us right here on Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Ciao. Quality, dependability, consistency, and fish catching performance is what separates a War Eagle spinnerbait from the pack. Hand assembled, inspected, and tested in Rogers, Arkansas, War Eagle Lures are the choice of Mike McClellan, Andy Morgan, Edwin Evers, and you, the serious bass angler. War Eagle Lures, when you absolutely have to catch fish. Find War Eagle Lures at your local tackle store or visit WarEagleLures.com today. PH Custom Lures by Phil Hunter, quickly becoming the most sought-after custom balsa baits in the industry. From the Little Hunter to the Squeaky Pea, these baits are pure quality, handcrafted, hand-carved, and hand-painted. But most importantly, they flat-out catch fish. PH Custom Lures has a bait for any situation in a magnitude of colors. Check out the Old School, Straighter, and PH Custom Series at phcustomlures.com. That's phcustomlures.com. Back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick. This is Ryan Popcorn Whitaker. And uh, and right now, it's been a long time coming. Uh, and we are super excited right now to have on the show Bass Fishing Legend coming to us live from Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Ellis. Jay Ellis. Yes. Jay. What's going on, dude? Yeah, I'm just glad to be here. They love yeah, thanks for having me on the show. They love you. Do you hear the crowd going crazy? Yeah, yeah that's an amazing ovation. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, that only happens on the, on the miracle of the live interweb. You know what I'm saying, Jay? It's, yeah. it's, it's something. We, we got them packed in here. Packed got in. a huge crowd there in the house uh, watching the show tonight. That's awesome. <laughs> Standing room only. Absolutely. They have signs that say, We Heart Jay everywhere. It's, I got you. Nice. <laughs> well, that's an honor. I'm thrilled to be here. How you guys doing? We're doing really good, man. Jay, isn't bass fishing amazing? I mean, isn't it just amazing? It's a. It's. I don't. Yeah, I don't have the words to describe it. It's uh, something that I've had such a great passion for my whole life, and I can't imagine what I 
if we didn't have bass to fish for, I guess we'd be fishing for other species, but they're the best game fish out there. And I just love the whole industry. Probably the best thing about it's all the, all the people you meet, you know, the people are what make the, what make it a lot of fun, but the, the fish are, the fish are a lot of fun to chase too. It's all good. Yeah. It beats soaking a cheese ball for 12 inch trout, doesn't it? <laughs> I, that's how I started fishing was, uh, was for trout. My dad was not a bass fisherman per se. He caught some, but he was a trout fisherman and we would go to the lake and soak like little balls of Velveeta cheese and catch these little trout hatchery trout. And then one day we're out there anchored soaking cheese balls in this, bass boat comes <laughs> ripping into this cove and they shut down and they stop the motor both guys jump up on the front deck and they throw their trolling motor in the water and they're they're cast i think they're going down the bank with crankbaits and they just look you know and then all of a sudden some of the guy hooks one and the other guy goes for the net <clears throat> and they catch this bass about a four pounder and they're high-fiving each other <laughs> me and my buddy i was in high school at the time we and my buddy we look at each other we're like that is what we're going to do next Saturday when we come back. Nice. So we, went, we went to the tackle shop. And we each bought a hellbender. I bought a frog-colored hellbender. He bought a crawdad-colored one. This is probably like in 1982. And we went out the next weekend, our little John boat. One of us would row, and the other guy would cast. And then one somebody would catch one, and then we'd switch off. The other guy would row, the other guy would cast. And I'll never forget it. But, yeah, it's a lot more fun than soaking cheese balls. <laughs> <laughs> old school. That's the, the definition of old school right there with the, yeah. skull, with the skull and paddle. Yeah, exactly. That's Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. But, anyway, that's how we got started. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. I mean, and you, uh, you've been at this a while, Jay. I, I mean, like, like oh, what? Yeah. 30 years or something? Yeah, this is about my 30th year. I, yeah, I, you're right. I graduated. I went to college, graduated from Oregon State in 1987. So here, and I started my pro career right out of the, right after graduating. I went down to Lake Mead, fished the U.S. Open um, on Lake Mead. And so, yeah, that was June of 1987. So here we are in July of 2017. It's been 30 years, and and uh, I still love it. It's just a great way to, you know, what a, what a deal. Only in America, right? Yeah. In this little window of time could you do it it's it's been a blessing yeah and say like only on the internet can you do a goofy show about bass fishing and people actually watch it yeah it's it's amazing (laughs) i love it yeah it's amazing yeah yeah, um you got folks probably watching all over the 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 country all over the globe tonight so just want to say welcome to everybody and thanks for joining yeah that's awesome jay and and you're one of the guys like you're one of the first um I don't know how to put it. One of the first legends to come from the West. I mean, um, yeah, and you're one of those guys that you never had another job besides bass right. fishing, like Gary Klein, like your mm-hmm. buddy Gary. Yep. I mean, the- yeah, that's right. Yeah, we. I started in 1987, and by then Gary had already started his career. I believe he started in '79, so he was like a, <clears throat> already been at it close to 10 years and and he he grew up in northern california and i grew up up in oregon and there's been a handful from the west you know you got some guys you know several in california have made a living at this i can aaron martin skeet reese um jimmy reese ish monroe and uh brent ayler um luke clausen of course he's from spokane washington sure there's, there aren't many i mean you can count them on two hands probably all the guys that have ever you know done it for a living for an extended period of time from the west coast but you, you think about oregon and 
you don't really think bass fishing, but there's some amazing bass fishing out by you, isn't there? There is. You know, the Columbia River is our best bass fishery, and it's it's probably the second best smallmouth fishery in the country after the Great Lakes. I mean, you can't touch the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no place like that in the world for smallmouth, but the Columbia River's got a ton of smallmouth and some big ones, you know, up to six pounds. But um, yeah, and it's a big fishery. I mean, that's a, you know, it's a think the second biggest river in north america after the mississippi right. so it's series of locks and dams and they're all good they all have small mouth all the way down to portland and all the way east all the way up to tri-cities and up into idaho it's uh, yeah it's hundreds of miles long and it's a it, that's our best bass fishery our, our you know we've got our largemouth lakes are small or a lot of natural lakes and some reservoirs too and we um, but we've got some good, you know, some good lakes. It takes 20 pounds to, or or more to win for largemouth on them. But they're just not large lakes like you have in southern impoundments. Probably a lot like what you'd see in some of the northeastern lakes, small natural lakes, stuff like that. But, sure. yeah, we've got good bass fishing. And it's not, you know, and it's not as good as some places in the country, but it's solid. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of other great types of fish to catch up here, too, with the ocean here. You know, we've got... Yeah. All the fish that swim in the ocean, that come in the rivers, and steelhead, salmon, tuna, all that in the ocean. A lot of fun. A lot of there's always something to go catch. There's always a bite going on somewhere up here. Nice. Nice. Uh, you talked about uh, uh, how important for your career moving to Texas was. Uh, what 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 was the reason for that uh, kind of springboard in your success? Well, you know, mo- and uh, it's not just me. I think most of the guys that started their bass fishing careers from the west coast ended up moving back east i think skeet is like the only the lone exception to that but it just facilitates uh, you know traveling to the tournaments and practicing and getting you know fishing a lot of tournaments and i yeah i did that gosh it's like 1991 moved to texas and my wife and i lived there about 15 years and still i still have a lot of wonderful friends in texas and we lived at sam rayburn for about seven years which is a world-class fishery oh yeah just living there, I learned how to fish deep hydrilla and and lowland southern impoundments. And uh, you really kind of have to move back there to really get in the rhythm of fishing those lakes a lot because they're a lot different than the lakes and rivers out west. Uh, how are they different? Oh, they've got you know typically our, our lakes out here are deep, clear lakes. You know, there are the only exception to that would be the Delta in Northern California, but most of the lakes are you know the, the west is more mountainous than than the southeast the southeast is just low land topography and and uh you've got you know and they're a lot warmer water you got threadfin shad gizzard shad all that we don't have that up here much like the northeast just because you, you know the shad can't live in that cold of water so different forage you do a lot more cranking and and uh, spinner baits and jerk baits and swim baits and all that and out here you've got you know it's for largemouth it's interesting you know from you drew if you drew a line across the northern third of the United States. I mean, tournaments are won with jigs and worms for largemouth up and up north. Now you get down south, though, the whole southeast. I mean, crankbaits and all those spinnerbaits and things. They they really shine in those lakes that have a lot of threadfin shad. So you've got the forage difference, and then you've got the you know the the deep clear lakes versus the stained water lowland impoundments and the lakes like in florida there's there's nothing like the lakes in florida anywhere out here so yeah it's just a different world but we've got some really good fishing out west too i mean the best of course is in northern california you know clear lake the delta places like that 
Bullard's Bar cranked out a world record spot, you know, the last couple of years, yeah. spotted bass. So there's there's those two and those, uh, you know, we've got big bass out here. We named Cody Myers uh, Spotted Bass. Yeah, that's a good nick. Yeah, he's, yeah it was. He's, uh, we called it Choo Choo Snoogan Fatty Magoo. That was the name <laughs> of his bass. That was that. That was his big bass. That's yeah. what I do. I always have my kids name their fish when they catch them. It's always fun <laughs> to name them. But yeah, that was awesome. I told Cody, dude, you're the first pro to ever catch a world record. You know, that's just. And then it didn't last. You know, it got broken. Yeah. But, yeah, still a big feather in his cap. Just an awesome deal. He's a great guy. Absolutely. Hey, man, in these 30 years, you've enjoyed um, abundant success, Jay. Yeah, absolutely you have. I mean, r- run it down here. 72 top 10 finishes, five wins. What else do I got here? Um, two FLWAOYs. What yes. year? What years were those? 0207. 0207. Also, a BASSAOY, 2003. Bassmaster Classic champion 2002 i'll never forget it i'll never forget it round of applause for the 2002 bass master classic champion that's you jo those two years unreal unreal Uh, quite we talk about momentum there it is but what i want to bring up to you is one of the most admirable things that i think i have ever seen a professional bass fisherman do and i'm not saying i would do this but I gained a lot of respect for you when you turned down that hundred thousand dollars from from Bush Beer for the AOI. I, yeah, do you remember, still remember that? Yeah, I that do. Was, I do. I was like, like, "What is he crazy?" But I respected it. So, yeah, they. Well, you know that was. Uh, gosh, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I haven't told that story in a while. It's like thirteen years ago. I gotta uh, go back in the memory bank for that. But yeah, it's so. Yeah, that was the first year, 2003, going into that year. We had, uh, um, I remember I was on the advisory board with Bass back then, like a 10 angler advisory board. And they came to us before the season started and said, hey, we're thinking about doing the Sennheiser-Busch Angler of the Year program. What do you guys think? And, you know, a lot of the guys said, yeah, go for it. And then there were some other guys that said, eh, I really don't, you know, I'm not sure. And what their program was, they laid it out to where uh, the angler of the year that year would get a hundred grand from Anheuser Busch. But in return for that, they wanted to do some point of purchase marketing displays and advertisements and stuff. And some guys, you know, that's just a personal conviction that that's not something that you want to promote or or be you know endorse. And everybody's different. You know, sure. it's just it's just a personal choice, really. And so. Golly, it was amazing that year. That was the only year that happened. And I'll be darned, and that's the year I happened to win Angler of the Year. So all year long, you know, I'd been, I'd been, you know, praying, thinking about what I was going to do if I won it. And finally, I, I, you know, I made up my mind if I won, could, that I would give the, use the proceeds to give away b- copies of my new book. I just uh, had published an autobiography in february of that year and i just won the classic the year before so it was you know good timing for the autobiography and so that's what i did and anheuser bush they were thrilled with that choice they said hey that's great you know we don't want people we don't want to force somebody to endorse our product and you know against their will and i said yeah that's that's just kind of the way i am and if if you're all right let's just roll with that and they said that's great and uh, so it all it all was good we gave away about twenty thousand books and people loved it so yeah that was 
I read forgotten all about that. I, Time goes by, man. I'm glad you, you got I, a good memory. I, I, dude, I'm a bass fishing freak. That's all I do yeah. is think about bass fishing. It's pretty stupid sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, that's what. <laughs> but that's what happens. Hey, uh, 2002 classic. Um, you kind of taught us all a lesson there, and I think it may have been the the spawn of the term window of opportunity that we so often hear in professional bass fishing. You have to capitalize on the window of opportunity, and you certainly did that in that 2002 Bassmaster Classic, man. Tell, tell us about that, Jay. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. So I was fishing a tail race, which is right below a dam. that We were on in Alabama on the Coosa River fishing Lay Lake. And at the upper end of Lay Lake, you have Logan Martin Dam. And, of course, above that dam is Logan Martin Lake. But but the Coosa River has about seven or eight dams on it, and they generate hydroelectric power out of each dam all summer long. But they when they, they don't generate the power all day long, it's just, uh, if I remember right, it would start about, you know, about 10 a.m. They'd start moving water, and then they'd shut it off about 3 p.m., just during the hot part of the day, you know, when people are running their air conditioners and such. And so, yeah, the, what? And those fish in that river that I was right below Logan Martin Dam, they were conditioned to feeding when there's current moving. And when there was no current, they, you just couldn't hardly catch one because they just eat when there's water, the water's moving. And so, yeah, so, you know, all morning you would go fish and fish, and you might catch one. But then when that water turned on at 10 o'clock, boy, here they came, and they'd be right up against these undercut banks nice current moving through there and just pitch a jig up in there and float it along and, and just kind of hop it along the bottom. And, and, uh, and then I'd catch them and then, then they'd shut the water off about the time you went to weigh in. The best part of that whole deal though, was that the local, I had like 60 local boats, uh, watching me fish, which is typical for the, uh, yeah. somebody leading the classic. Well, I didn't have to worry about anybody fishing my spot after I went to weigh in each day, because even if they fished it, they, well, actually, the water would drop so low you couldn't even hardly get a boat there. The water would rise about four feet each each uh, each afternoon when they turned the water on, and so so it was a perfect scenario for a classic because the spectators couldn't they weren't going to catch your fish after you headed to weigh in, and the fish would only bite like <laughs> three p.m. and I'd be sitting right there, and you know you hear a lot about you hear a lot of classics the guys. They'll show up and someone will be sitting on their spot oh, on the boy. third yep. day of the tournament, or, or you know, they get they fish their spot after they go to weigh in. It's just a, it can be a nightmare for the competitors, and of course, it's public water, and those folks have a right to fish. But most people, most fishing fans, have an etiquette that wouldn't allow them to do that. But in my case, it didn't matter because they wouldn't have caught anything if they tried it when I was gone. <laughs> the water was off. That's awesome. That, that is awesome. Deal. Yeah, but <laughs> well, you you mentioned that those fish were conditioned to that current. Now I have another question about conditioning. Do you think fish get conditioned to a certain lure or color at times? Yeah, you know they do. I think that's they they all our fish in our public lakes. They've all been caught not once but several times, and and so I, when you have a new bait that comes along, it's just you're trying to. It can be very effective, a new lure can. Like the Alabama rig, when it first came out, those fish had never seen anything like that. And they were, you could fool them so easily on that. And you, and you see other baits that come along that are hot for a little while and, and, uh, and then they'll kind of fade. But yeah, they, fish get conditioned just because they're caught and they're not, 
really smart, but they're smart enough not to get caught on a buzz bait, you know, more yeah, than right. in their life. <laughs> now, why, do you, why do you think that the jig continues to work so well, though? It seems like the jig yeah. is almost the exception of that rule. Yeah, jigs jigs do continue to catch fish, and, um, um, you know, that's a, more of a natural uh, a profile than a spinner bait or a buzz bait or something like that, but you know what? Uh, what really seems to keep catching them is, is you know, like weightless, like worms, like senkos and mm-hmm. drop shotting, and those those are just timeless. I mean, you can catch a fish over and over again on a on a soft plastic like that, just because it has such a natural look. It doesn't. It does not flashy. It's, and it's unintimidating. Just yeah, it's not intimidating. So. So that's been the trend in our sport now for 15, 20 years. You got so much intelligent fishing pressure by all the local guys now. And uh, the local anglers around the country are just as good as the pros were, you know, 10, 5, 10 years ago. So it's the fish are very educated. They've all been caught more. You know, when I first started fishing in the late 80s, you could go just about anywhere with a black and blue jig and a chartreuse and white spinnerbait and do really well in a tournament. But but anymore, you know, swim baits have kind of taken over for spinner baits. You don't much hear about good spinner bait bites in big national tournaments these days, like you used to. It's been a long time since they've dominated, and uh, so you've got you've got trends like that, you know, towards your soft plastics. And but jigs are still good too. At times, I don't catch them on a jig like I did, you know, like in the '90s, but. But uh, they still have their time and place, and, boy, you can get a big bite on one. Absolutely you can. Why do you think that, you know, everybody's always talking about the, 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 the latest fad or the new bait. Like we get this new tackle spreckle uh, frog. You've seen that thing with the sprinkler <laughs> sprinkler on the back of it. Okay, the sprinkler? Like, the sprinkle sprinkler. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> that yeah, Japanese yeah. frog. It, it's, it's good. But So why do people always look for the next best thing? when they might have the best old thing in their yeah. box, like a hellbender, like the hellbender you mentioned. Yeah. Or a bun- or, or a- I bet you the bat, any bass that's alive today has probably never seen a hellbender, so it might not be a bad choice to throw. Jake, get you know? the hellbender out. Get the crawdad and the frog color one. <laughs> yeah, both of them. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's fishing lures. That's a whole other subject. You could talk about that for hours. You know, there's a, there's a lot to – trying to stay on the cutting edge and seeing what's new. And I, the ICAST show is coming up next week. I'll be there in Florida and, uh, you know, always keeping an eye open for anything that's new. And there's a lot of new stuff that comes out that's garbage. But, there, are, you know, there's new baits that come out that are good, that really are cutting edge, that new a new action or a new look that the fish have never seen before that, that can really pay off. But at the same time, it's not all about that. It's, you know, there's still the, the baits that we've used for years are still good. Square build crankbaits. Sure. Senkos. You got to find them. And, yeah, I mean, it's drop shotting. You got all that stuff. That's doing a. Hey, you know, so think about this, Jay. Has there ever been a technique that you saw come to professional bass fishing that you were just like, there is no way that this is going to work? This is dumb. I'm not going to do it. But then all of a sudden, it becomes the way to catch fish. Is there a technique that that you were reluctant um, to to try out, yet you you had to do it? You were forced to do it. Well, there, I think there's been several of those, and I'm one of these guys. I'm not. I'm not. I have a lot of confidence in the baits that I've used for years, and so I'm not the best at try. You know, using the new baits, but. 
like a, a chatterbait, for example. I thought, you know, what the heck? That thing's no different than a if I, a swim jig. Just take throw a jig out and swim it. But man, that thing. There's a time and a place where they just eat those things. And so I, no Alabama, an Alabama rig's another one. I I'd known about those for a while and. Who would have ever dreamt that they bass would eat on them like the way they do? But they they were so good they had to outlaw them from the pro tours. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, there's you know there's the Senko when that first came out. We're like, oh yeah. I mean, I can see where you could catch it. You're fish like, it's on a that. big pen, Gary Yamamoto. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah, who would ever dream that that would end up being the all time best selling plastic worm ever in the history of the sport i wouldn't have thought that when i first looked at it you know but right. it's so yeah there's i think that's there's been a lot of those type baits over the years that uh you know those those three in particular i can think of but they're they all have their time and place and you know when bait's been around for 10 years and what you really what i really watch for is the pro tour when guys are can win a tournament or get a top five in a national bet bass or flw tour event then that that bait's got staying power there's something about it the fish like hey i want to ask you a question here now be completely honest with me okay don't give me a professional bass fisherman answer (laughs) (laughs) do you remember fishing the 2000 bass master classic in chicago i do remember that now how did you like fishing in chicago be honest well you know i thought it was kind of it was a unique challenge you had uh I, I didn't get it right. Those fish were, you know, in the lake, but the lake was so darn windy, you could hardly get out there. And I remember Woo Daves won that right in that harbor. Yep. Right on downtown. Harbor, yeah. But I, and I was, what's the name of that lake that's Calumet. Off the lake? Lake Calumet. Calumet. Yeah, Calumet. I went in there the first day and I fished around a while and, and uh, there was a bunch of boats in there. And, and I, I got impatient. The fish wouldn't bite right away and I left. And then, the guy that was fishing right next to me stayed there all day and he was like in second place after the first day of the tournament. So I, it was, a, it was not a lot of fish. And I remember 10 pounds, 12 pounds was a huge bag there, sure. but it was a great tournament venue. I thought just because those lakes that are tough are really a challenge just to get, you know, five, two pounders is a great day. But what I remember most about Chicago, I remember come, I went out into the lake and I locked, into those canals in downtown yeah and you know a bunch of canals that go all over downtown chicago and i'm fishing down one of those canals and i hear jay <laughs> i look up and there's my mom and dad were out sightseeing just walking around that's downtown awesome <laughs> and they saw me in my boat fishing in the classic when they were crossing a bridge in downtown i mean how many places can you you know have an experience like that so that was pretty cool and we weighed in at soldier field and that was yeah. that was a now that's a legendary football stadium, so it was fun. Got good memories about about uh, Chicago. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. And we know that the, the classic will never come back here or no. or an FLW. But if they did, event. it'd take more than twelve pounds a day. It though. would take more. Jay, you would not believe how, really how good, good the fishing is in that yeah. Lake Calumet. Now Ryan's mad at me right now for talking <laughs> about it. It's pretty but, good, yeah. Jay. It has come along big time. Big, big time. But just Lake Michigan as well, too. It's taken upwards of 20 pounds uh, on a regular basis to win out there now. So it's oh, yeah. cleaned up a lot. A lot great, the Great Lakes are better than they've ever been since the zebra mussels got yeah. in there. And, and gobies. And gobies, yeah. And it just, yeah, they're smallmouth factories, man. There's right. nothing like the Great Lakes. Yeah, they, you know, Chicago, I don't think they'll ever go back there because the outdoor show was very poorly attended. And I mm-hmm. think 
the reason is there's just so much going on in a city that large. You've got, you know, White Sox are playing or the Cubs are playing or there's music concerts and there's just a whole bunch of things to go do besides go to a fishing show. Whereas in a smaller town, you know, they, they, people really come out a lot more because the classics, the biggest thing going on in that town right. at that right. time. So that's, it's almost too big of a city to have the classic in, but yeah, it was a good memory to say I fished that one and had a, you know, I don't remember how I even did. I didn't do very well. 25th. You came in 25th. 25th, right yeah. in the middle of the pack. Right in the middle yeah. of the pack. Not too shabby for, for, no, for not knowing anything yeah, about done, it. Done better and I've done worse. That's uh, <laughs> classic. So, Hey, um, <laughs> let, let's play a little creative visualization game. Okay. Do you ever creatively visualize your day on the water? Oh, yeah, you try to visualize loading the boat with big ones. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a fictitious FLW 2018 schedule, okay? And, and we're, we're going to go in order here. And you, right. you tell me the technique you're going to win it on. And you're winning all these. You're sweeping it. You're sweeping 2018. Okay? I, nice. I hope you know that. You're sweeping it. You're going to tell me what you're going to – the technique you're going to use in the bait and the rod and reel combo. Okay. First right. stop of the tour, Lake Okeechobee. Well, Okeechobee, if I were to win a tournament there, it would probably be either um, – probably, yeah, flipping, you know, heavy vegetation. So I'd be flipping like an ounce, ounce and a half bullet weight, probably a Yamamoto flapping hog, black and blue. That's a just a little craw punching those mats and the heavy bull rushes. Or a jig, I, a one-ounce jig. I've caught a lot of good ones at Okeechobee over the years on a jig flipping and pitching and that stuff but yeah that's that's how i'm gonna win okeechobee okay okeechobee down jay ellis one down uh second derby of the year beaver lake beaver lake you're going there a little early it's a little early yeah. this year so what what are we going there like march yeah you know let's say yeah let's say late march make it fair okay well late march pre-spawn and uh you've got oh there's several things going on there but it'd probably be a probably be a good jig bite somewhere so i'm gonna say i'd be fishing a you know a jig with a um you know just well there's different trailers that work well sometimes i'll swim a jig there at beaver lake sometimes i'll fish it on the bottom but uh you know a little like a little three inch yamamoto craw on the back of us like a finesse type jig is okay. a good way to go there, there you go and that's go that's it two down two down you've won two derbies in a row now uh yes. then you're going to champlain uh, like in April, like super cold, man. It's super cold in Champlain. Like, what do you do? Mm, yeah, that's yeah. I've never been up there in April. Is it still under ice? Maybe get my ice. 50, fifty degree water. Yeah, it's fifty degree water. You're, I mean, you're just. This is a test of the best. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Okay, well, fifty degree water. I'm, I'm going to be f- probably fishing like a lipless crankbait, like a, you know a red. Probably I would go with like a red color over the over the grass and uh that would be a good one or maybe possibly a spinnerbait bite would be good too if it was in a warming trend i'd be fishing a, a spinnerbait okay that was yeah. a, that was a little dark horse the spinnerbait yeah. i'm taking that uh now you're going to toledo bend oh toledo bend nice what may like in we're may, in may. Or april yeah we're in may now let's pretend we're in may, may. yeah okay well may well, what I'm going to do in Toledo Bend is get like a one-ounce jig, and I'm going to get it on the outside edge of the hydrilla, and the and those fish out that'll be post-spawn, those big ones will be schooling up on the deep in the deep grass, and I'll get out there with a jig and 
flapping hog and i'll be punching that you know that grass that's in 10 to 15 feet of water love it i can already yep. tell that was your favorite because when we yeah, said to leo ben you kind of scooted up he in got your chair super excited and the confidence oh, yeah, came out yeah, yeah. oh, that's a great well, that's world all those are world class <laughs> fisheries except for beaver i i got more but we have some questions from your fans on facebook and that's okay. way way more important than anything that i gotta ask here so we're gonna get to the facebook uh fan questions right now jp hi uh, what's what's up? going on? What's up, Jay? How you doing? Good. Good. We got a, we got a, there's a rumor that the tour is going to Lake Lanier, and the guy just wants to know your reaction to that. Yeah, I've heard that, too, that FLW Tour is going to Lanier in the spring, like March, something like that. I like Lanier. It's a, that's a very good fishery, and I've, I've had good luck there, you know, chasing largemouth around in the spring, and, and, uh, we had a series FLW series there several years ago and, and, uh, did pretty well in that. So yeah, that'd be a great choice. We haven't been there. The last time we were at Lanier, we had the Forestwood cup in 2012 and I was like in second going into the last day, I think, and I ended up fifth or sixth, but, um, that was, that's a, a place I like, and it's a great place for a tournament because Atlanta has tons of bass fishing fans, and so they really come out in droves to the weigh-ins and on the water and stuff. It's a good fishing community. That's that's uh, from Jason Johnson. He's a yeah. Georgia Tour yes, Pro. Yes, that'd be great. I'd love to go to Lanier. Yeah. Not, well, let's put that one in there. You just won that okay. one, too. Yeah, just won that too. You just yeah. won that derby, too. Five wins. All right, so now, now next to you, uh, we're, we're, are, how are we doing on time? We're right there. Okay, so you won. Now you win Table Rock. You won. I'm giving you that one. Uh, you foul. Here is the Forest Wood Cup 2018 fictitiously going to Lake St. Clair in August. How are you going to win this one? How are you uh-huh. going to sweep it? Yeah, well, you got to be out there drop shotting at St. Clair, probably in, in Lake St. Clair. And, uh, you know, out in the middle, you just got to find that sparse, it's sparse grass, little rock veins out there, and you're just fishing a little drop shot a little goby or you know a little shad shaped worm or something small little smallmouth bait and you'll you know catch about 20 pounds a day and seal the deal seal the deal jay ellis sweeps the 2018 flw series right there that's how we do it that's how we do it jay ellis right there hey uh you had something pretty cool that you did last week man and uh um so important, so important for the future of bass fishing. Uh, tell us about uh, about what went on last uh, last week with yeah, you, Cherry. Yeah, well, yeah, so I, besides fishing, I'm also the executive director of the Cast for Kids Foundation now, and that's a, really the nation's largest fishing charity. And we had a big fundraiser down in, in Texas last week. We were at Lake Waco, Waco, Texas, and, and we had uh, several fishing celebrities came. We had a We had a big dinner auction on friday night then we had a tournament on saturday it was fun we had uh roland martin was there jimmy houston hank parker gary yamamoto alton jones won the tournament oh, three wow. fish for 18 pounds what wow. yeah on july 1st that's pretty yeah, pretty good fishing for july 1st and we only fished till from daylight till noon he he, he his team weighed in three for 18 pounds <laughs> to win it oh, alton but yeah, so and it was a great time. It was just a fundraiser for the foundation to help us put on more events around the country, um, you know, to take kids fishing. And we, uh, it's, the, the website is uh, www.castforkids.org, and you can check that out. And it's 
we'd love to. We've got events in over 30 states, and we'd love to have events in every state. So if you got listeners that would like to host a kids' event in their community, they can just reach me through the website there, and my um, J at castforkids.org. Love to help them. Uh, one of your fans or listeners put on an event in their community for the kids. Awesome, awesome, absolutely awesome, Jay. Hey, um, thank you so much for for joining us, man. It's been a long time since the Bass it's Plus awesome. Radio days, and then you made a special guest appearance a couple. I know we were we, like back in May with my buddy Canterbury. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In. It was like the <laughs> Tonight Show. Appeared <laughs> just for a second or two, but yeah, this is awesome. Anytime you guys. Uh, need a guest i'd be glad to come on here and talk fishing with you i never get tired of talking bass fishing that's for sure neither do we jay thank you so much and and uh best of luck to you next okay, season guys. and enjoy your enjoy your 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 summer break now okay you got it heading down to icast next week in florida so looking forward to seeing all those new baits that are coming into the marketplace oh boy us too us too yep. ladies and gentlemen right. jay ellis flw tour superstar right here on straight cast take you. care jay hey uh put the power poles down don't go anywhere when we get back it's the jersey devil himself mike iconelli coming at you live on straight cast hello everybody I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Straycast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!